3: Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We're excited to be here today with porn performer and filmmaker and founder of production company Four Chambers, Vex Ashley. In this conversation, we speak about who she was when growing up, how her porn interests started and what made her get into the business of it. We also dig deeper into the world of deep fake porn, which is basically AI porn with faces of celebrities. Besides that, we look into the future and talk about the next big thing within porn and much more. I am Amanda and this is Playful Podcast. (laughs) If you would like describe yourself with three words, what would they be?
2: When you uh, like when I saw this question, I was like, I
3: don't know how to do this. I think it's even worse,
2: like... British people. Terrible. I hate like talking about myself. Anything any word that you use to describe yourself sounds like you're being too um like not self-deprecating enough. Um I think I would maybe I what I would like to be is like I think I'm I, I think I'm creative. Um I think I am like really adaptable. Um and gonna have as the last one um and yeah i think i um you know i'd like to think that i'm like personable or like friendly or uh yeah like i really like people i don't know if there's a word for that but
3: yeah and grounded i feel
2: oh well that's nice i'll take that
3: yeah like rooted
2: yeah that's a good word you know
3: aware of the now Mm. because sometimes when you have conversations you you think like there are some bit outside of their mind yeah feels like you're very much inside your body somehow
2: I mean uh, it's interesting because like that's uh, it. it's nice that you would say that because like I, as much as like I work with my body and I you know I it's something that I would really aim to be is to be like really connected to it but I think one of the things that I've struggled hardest with or that I'm like in a constant process of um like trying to to get to is like actually listening to my body rather than necessarily like being in my brain all the time and I think that like that's kind of what we were talking about before about being vulnerable which is that you know sometimes it's very easy in situations to like ignore how you feel in yourself Um, and even though like I work with sex and I work with my body I think it's sometimes been easy for me to like put like really listening to my myself like my physical self to one side um, and that's something that as I'm getting older I'm like no I want to be in my body and I want to like be able to experience something physically in a way that like I can really connect with rather than necessarily always being like in in your, in your head
3: being aware of that I guess is something that shifts this whole Thing also,
2: yes, yeah, yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's that thing of being. Like, I don't think anyone's perfect at it, and I think just even recognizing that you're doing it um, is is really important. You know, it's been vital for me in like understanding my sexuality and trying to undo some of that stuff. Like, I don't know if it was the same for you, but when I was younger, like in my you know early twenties and stuff, it was like I was having all of this sex that I um, just yeah, it just kind of felt like I was. Uh, I was like performing a lot and I think that is really helpful when you perform sex for a living but um, it doesn't necessarily always translate to like feeling actually really deeply feeling good in yourself and in your in your body like feeling those sensations really deeply um, and yeah as I've got older I've been like no I want to make sure I'm doing that.
3: Yeah because I think in my perspective that's also uh, a huge uh usp within four chambers right yeah no the whole connection and the whole being in the moment Mm. and not skipping the intimacy or the connection part
2: yeah I think like with yeah with four chambers like one of the things that we were really keen to do or like something that was really important to me was that you know sex isn't necessarily just about you know what porn isn't just about what porn, what sex looks like, you know, it's, it's for me, what's more interesting is, like, how does sex feel, and what I really want to do with the work that we do is, like, how can you make porn that, like, feels like having sex, not just necessarily looks like watching people fuck, um, so, you know, the atmosphere, and the build-up, and the intensity, and the, like, the way that, like, connecting with someone feels isn't, you know, you don't necessarily always get that just from, like, uh, I think what sometimes I feel like a lot of more traditional porn misses is that it kind of gives you everything at once. So you're like, you get this kind of middle distance shot where you can see, like, the face, the genitals, <laughs> the like.
3: It, it gives you something so that. So you can like come very quickly. Yes,
2: yes, it's like yeah, it's just designed essentially to give you everything you want immediately, so you can kind of use it fast and then discard it. And I think that you know sometimes for me the reason why sex feels or is interesting is that you know there's a build-up there's like a oh that's hot I want to see more of that but I can't see more of that right now I have to kind of like allow it to to build mm-hmm. um so I think often the way that I try and make films is with that like yearning in mind where it's like oh I want to see more I want to experience more but I have to like wait and that that means it's maybe not necessarily like. You know, maybe it's not the porn that I would watch if I was like, oh, I just really want to jerk off really quickly and then go to bed. Um, but it means that it's maybe doing something else or it's kind of maybe exploring sex in a different way.
3: Mm. Yeah. Okay, but uh if we go back a little bit, um, who were you as a teenager or like in school?
2: Um, I was a uh, a very uh kind of cheesy little cyber goth um I I was really invested in being really weird from like a young age so I was I I was kind of brought up in um not necessarily the countryside but like relatively rural area where there wasn't many people who were like little freaks like me um and I had um you know spent a lot of time on uh, internet forums like one of them was this is like probably going to show my age but um it's called like vampirefreaks.com wow. <laughs> it was some so long ago I don't know if you remember this but um but it was kind of pre-myspace pre-facebook pre all of these things it was like we one have of the
3: swedish version of really this. yeah
2: it's so weird because like I still today know some people that I met through that site when I was like 14, 15. Um, but yeah I'd like shaved my eyebrows off I'd like was you know I was in school and uh, you know I wasn't really allowed to have piercings or like weird hair or anything um but I I'd got my septum piston like hidden it inside my nose and i'd like shaved these chunks out of the side of my head but i like kept my hair down over the top of them also the when try you and, got home yeah I you were could,
3: one like, person and i yeah and like a like, person but yeah when to the looks at least
2: yeah it was like i was just i think i've i felt really like free to be able to you know i'm really lucky like my parents have kind of always like let me explore with that kind of stuff in a way like whatever way feels good for me um and so yeah i looked you know i i I used to like draw my eyebrows on all the way up into this like shaved bit up here that's cool and it's really weird because now weirdly like the big platform shoes the like kind of early 2000s goth stuff it's totally fashionable now so I see people wearing the shoes that people used to like throw mud at me for wearing when I was a teenager and I'm like wow it's weird this this stuff comes back around I guess
3: yeah I would love seeing photo of or from this
2: oh I have loads of photos I love you like put them out um, I, I think sometimes people ask me and I always like I try and find a new one every time so I'm going to make a little like Instagram highlight of all of my like tragic goth years but no I'm really proud of it I like I think it was really formative for me um I I don't trust anyone that wasn't a little bit of a weirdo as a teenager. Like, I think it's really important to go through a stage where you uh, experiment. And mm. I got definitely got to do a lot of that. And I think it definitely, you know, informed my ability to kind of do something a little bit.
3: Finding yeah. what you wanted. Yeah. That takes a lifetime for people to find something they're passionate about. Yeah,
2: I think it's like... I think sometimes there's this idea that, you know, there's just one thing that you need to search for. But like when people say, oh, there's like one person who's your soulmate or like you've got your one true calling in life. Whereas for me, like I think, um, yeah, just just feeling like something that you connect with or that you think is interesting, whatever that is, and being able to run with it is, you know, better than just necessarily thinking that like, okay, I need to find the thing that defines me, Mm. Um, you know, I was going to, when I finished like uni, I was going to go and be a teacher. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things where I was like, I could have quite easily maybe gone down that path in life as well at some point, And I would have be almost like a totally different person, I guess, but. And maybe
3: not completely satisfied either.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that like, one of the things that I love about what I get to do now is that like, I think I would really struggle, like not feeling like I was able to do something that involved like making something. Mm um and like I I and like thinking about things really deeply is really important to me so I think that you know as I love people and I love I I would you know I think I think being like teaching would be uh something that I would really enjoy but yeah just not getting to create is probably something that I would miss
3: a teacher who does porn on the weekends. Yeah, I think this is the
2: problem where I've like, I've kind of ruined my possibility of ever going to be a teacher anymore. I'm like, or yeah, the that's times not will work. change. Who knows? And maybe, yeah, we hope so doesn't feel like it's going that way right now but (laughs) you never know
3: very 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 slowly yeah (laughs) no let's see but you also come from a um, a more uh, left-wing family yeah how how did uh, you speak about sex work within the family or what was the view
2: yeah so I'm really lucky like my parents are like you know very supportive my mum and Dad are probably from like a generation of you know my mom specifically probably came from a generation of people who were thinking about porn and women and feminism in a totally different context to maybe we think about it now. You know, it was kind of the the era of people burning their bras and talking about like porn as violence against women. So it's not something I don't necessarily think it's something that my mom would have picked out for me, um, but you know, the nice thing is, is that I feel like I, um, have always got to do what I do kind of on my own terms, which I think is something that, um, like that, like my family really respects. And even if there's, you know, it's been like a, a process of like learning for everyone. I'm really lucky in that just like, um, I think that they've always really like trusted that, you know the decision that I make is the right decision for me. Um,
3: That's very unique. I feel
2: I am really lucky. Like I don't. I have, I know very few people who are able to be as just like upfront and kind of um, like yeah, just just kind of accepted unlimited. Yeah,
3: like, yeah, in their own choices.
2: Yeah, it's. It, I think it. Th- I don't think me doing porn or any stuff to do with sex was, like, a huge shock for them. <laughs> in the, um, you know,
3: it was... They are like, this little teenager who was masturbating in her room all the time. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, probably, and just, like, I think also just, like, they knew... I was always, like, I was always pre- interested in maybe doing things that other people weren't prepared to do, or, like, you know, going to going to the weird thing, going to the thing that's outside of the box. Like, you know, that was something that I think as a teenager I definitely, like, you know ran towards so the idea that I would also end up doing something a little bit strange like in my adulthood um yeah is is, it wasn't it wasn't a huge shock I don't think but like yeah I'm, I'm really lucky and like I I think it's I I feel it like genuinely sad for people who aren't able to have like the support of even not even just parents you know because we're all adults here it's like whether or not my 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 mom likes what I do isn't you know the end of the world but you know it's all that thing about just having like a supportive community of people around that you can share about sex work is something that I think a lot of people are missing out on um and yeah I I feel very lucky to have that
3: yeah how did you I think it was like for many people the internet and yeah. tumblr and all these things <laughs> yeah tricks it or like triggers it or like it. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but that makes you more curious and feel like you found something that is like tickling. Mm. And you can't stop tickle. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how yeah. did it start? Like, how was it the first time? Because I guess you started to perform before you created. No, but actually, I know that you also created some, uh, like you were in art school and so you created some art with your naked body mm. also so maybe yeah you tell me
2: yeah I mean so I was yeah uh I was at uni I was studying art I was um you know for for a number of years like I'd been interested in like using my body and I loved our like you know feminist artists from the 70s who were like Helen Chadwick and Carolee Schneeman Um people who were like using sex and eroticism and like nudity uh, in their work in a way that felt like it was kind of exploring, uh, you know, the the their artwork was intrinsic to the body, which I think is really something that I, I loved. And I, I made some work that was like that. But then, you know, I was working like a minimum wage retail job. I was exploring, uh, you know, doing bits of this kind of very soft core modeling online, a bit like Suicide Girls-esque. But through that, I'd met this kind of community of other people who were doing porn, but doing porn on their own terms. And I think I'd always presumed that uh, to be involved in sex or sex work, you had to be a certain type of person. So maybe you had in my mind I had this like idea of you know the traditional like b- porn performer that when you don't know anything about porn you're like okay you got to have big tits you've got to be like blonde you've got to look like a 90s kind of porn star with a fake tan and um and that wasn't really me
3: and, and you cannot be in your body (laughs) yeah well yeah just like
2: I think I I think it was just like there was a specific look that I felt like you had to adhere to and that wasn't something I was interested in but through this site I met so many people who were doing it but kind of doing it on on their own terms independently um and seemingly like doing doing well and and I was just kind of fascinated by it either both kind of conceptually but Mm. also um from the point of view of like you know, oh, maybe, maybe this is something that I could make a bit of money doing. Um, So I started webcamming and um, yeah, was making, you know, more in like doing a couple of hours work a week than I was like working like a full day at this job in a shop that I had. Um, So I started to take the money from that and think like, I think what I was seeing a lot of was I was seeing a lot of porn, but I wasn't necessarily seeing a lot of porn that explored the potential of porn as a creative medium. So there was a lot of porn out there that was like a functional product, but not a lot that really felt like um, porn could be expanded to talk about other things. You know, porn could, could porn be treated as, uh, you know, an aesthetic Mm.
0: uh,
2: or a visual medium like could it um and and it wasn't that that wasn't out there it's just necessarily not what i was being exposed to Um, yeah
3: it's more hidden it's like subcultures yeah
2: and just like i think because so much of the porn that we uh we watch is uh, fed to us through like a tube site algorithm so it's just often people are not really going much further than the first page of the tube site to find something and the problem is i think sometimes that kind of limits us into just watching things that are maybe quite samey or quite safe or quite you know heteronormative or quite kind of like yeah not really expanding our idea of like what sex could be. The thing is the problem with what happened with porn was that people used to pay for it and then what happened was the tube sites came in and they totally decimated that market which basically meant that people were used to getting it for free so the people who were making porn had to preserve what little cash they were still getting out of it which meant that they could only make and fund work that they were like well we're guaranteed that lots of people are going to try and buy this and the the only people that were imagined to be paying for porn were you know You're like traditional porn consumer. You're, you know, middle-aged guy sat at home in his room, and like, you know, maybe he wants to see a certain thing, and maybe uh, so they were like, we need to make porn for him because he's the only one left that's paying for this. Mm. So that's kind of how it felt like it became more limited or it's not i think maybe it's just always been we we have only ever presumed that that's the type of person that's that will pay for porn so that's the only kind of porn that was funded um but what's interesting about the market now is that with sites like OnlyFans and you know other 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 kind of clip sites that basically mean that you can buy content direct from performers it means that performers actually get to make the work that they want to make and then if it sells, they can take more risks they can experiment they can do things that they're interested in and they can um be a bit more free to kind of go outside of that box i guess
3: yeah exactly oh there's also like we we were meeting with this um woman um some week a week ago or, or some weeks ago and um who was a dominatrix who was into or her niche was dental fetish so she came from the she was like a dental nurse or what do you say
2: yeah dental nurse yeah Yeah. that's what we say
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so she had like the proper chair and she knew how to do fillings and all these things and that was like so her customers Mm. were people who maybe got their first boners in the chair or like feeling triggered by an emotion or we're like i'm Uh gonna overcome this scares Mm. in this sexual environment or whatever and that's also something that comes like i'm amazed if you open up the doors Mm. to sex being a part of (laughs) society yeah you know then people can be allowed to be creative within that field. Yeah. And to like explore their things and I mean how the world can thrive. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, I, I I I think that one of the things that, you know, is such a huge takeaway for me doing this kind of work is that like human sexuality is so much more complicated and expansive and interesting than you know, we've even began begin to kind of touch on. Like, there's so much potential. Um, and I think often that potential is not really being realized because it's it's limited by, like, censorship or, you know, um, shame. Um, so getting to work with some of that has been really interesting.
3: Yeah. And, I mean, I am not – I know we, we have been speaking about, like, mainstream porn – I am not, like, the person who's against mainstream porn. Yeah, no, me either. No, and, like, uh, I know, <laughs> like, a- actresses and actors who are doing it mm. completely enjoy, you know? And there are so many people who enjoy this kind like you know having sex in various ways so it's no shame at all i just had to highlight that
2: no i think like one of the things i think is interesting is sometimes it gets divided into like oh you've got like bad porn and good porn but for me it's like what we just need is like more a more a greater diversity of the kind of sex that you can see so the sex that we currently get to see that totally should exist and that's like an important part of sexuality but it just means that like that shouldn't be the only kind of thing that you can see it's you should so also be able to see people fucking in and and exploring like their sexuality in a number of different ways and mm. at the moment we're we're kind of quite narrow in the band of stuff that that you know that we get to to look at mm. but it does definitely doesn't mean that that there's anything wrong with that necessarily mm. it's because you know what people enjoy is subjective
3: yeah Exactly. But if if everything, if all sex you see is without foreplay or intimacy, then you Mm. maybe assume that.
1: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
0: How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: that's how sex should be. Yeah. But if you see some quick fucks and then some that are like slow, then mm. you're like, oh, wow, sex can be so many things. Yeah, like. I think I think porn gets
2: a lot, like a really bad rap for, you know, being like harmful to your sexuality and stuff. But it never really gets celebrated for all of the ways in which we expand our idea about sex through watching like porn and media and stuff created for, for that. I think... Sometimes it's just demonized, which it means it's, I kind of don't think it's useful to be like, oh, porn is good or porn is bad. It's just like porn is kind of neutral. Yeah. And so, you know, you can learn and take some things that are really positive from it. And I'm, and there are things about it that can be complicated and can be difficult and can be like not so nice, but it doesn't necessarily mean we have to pass like a blanket judgment about everything because, you know, it's a lot more complicated than that, I think.
3: Yeah. 100% and without with putting a blanket you miss uh, out on so much. Mm.
2: Yeah, 100%.
3: Yeah, you also mi- miss out on what is actually bad within it like yeah. you don't get to see. But I am actually curious to know like when you uh, performed for the first time, what were some things that you discovered within yourself? Mm. Like were you or, and how was it to enter the first set?
2: So it happened less like there was one particular time um, and it was more that it was kind of like a slow, gradual rolling back. So, you know, I was already camming and I was performing like live webcam shows with people, um, you know, before that. And then there was maybe a point where for the first time I was meeting somebody for the first time and like fucking them. And it was the first time that, you know, the person that was, there was like a camera that was right there filming us. Um, We'd travelled to San Francisco um, and um, I was, uh, you know, Tumblr friends with somebody called Owen Gray, which if you like watch porn, Owen has just exploded recently like in his he's almost like myth, a mythological like porn figure within like wh- where women talk about watching porn um but this was you know years before that he was um just shooting some stuff for sites like kink.com and we've been talking for a while about maybe doing something and we were in san francisco and we just went for like brunch and then we went back to his house and um and yeah shot the scene and i was obviously really nervous beforehand, like no idea whether or not it, w- it was going to be something that was, that was, you know, that, that I could do or that was good. And honestly, it was so easy. It was so much more easy to like, sometimes it, I, I find this, it's like so much more easy to like fuck someone than it is to make like polite small talk with somebody that you've just met. Um, But yeah, I, it, it, it went really quickly. It felt like, you know, I felt amazing afterwards because I was like, holy fuck like i've done it and it felt very much like yeah that it was really connected that um that i it's not that i forgot that the camera was there but it felt very much like it was something that i really loved the performance of it and i think that that's something that i still get a takeaway from today which is like sometimes when you shoot a scene with somebody it's like afterwards all of a sudden you're like oh okay I've really relaxed into that and I like feeling really good you feel really connected to that person because you've both done this like very vulnerable weird thing together um and afterwards it's like oh instant like friends basically because you know it, it it really like it's it's an amazing energy that you get after a, a, sh- a shoot that's gone really well
3: yeah <laughs> uh, I mean this was, I don't know how many years ago, but since then, you, your journey has been crazy. I just told you that I am so impressed <laughs> with what you created. <laughs> like, it's just immense. Um, so, uh, for chamber you say it differently, but you're British. Accent. Chambers, Chambers yeah, Chambers, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say Chambers. Chambers.
2: I like it. it. Sounds it sounds more like chic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: uh, are celebrating ten years?
2: Yeah, yeah. So this year we worked out that it's like fuck. I think it's like ten years this year, and it doesn't mean that it's like ten years of us working exactly like this. But basically, when I look back at it, you know. M- deciding that this project that we were doing we were going to call it four chambers it was yeah 10 years this year um and you know really it's also been like 10 years of me not having a proper job you know 10 years of me of me like you know doing this thing that like you know everyone says oh you know you you, oh you couldn't you couldn't make like you can't make money out of porn or you can't you know you can't do anything interesting with porn and it's so amazing to like prove people wrong
3: because I also heard what you said, having a proper job, and it kind of furiates me a little bit that this is the view mm-hmm. on what you do. Like I've also heard this from people who I know who are like, "Oh, are you are you getting a aren't you getting a yeah?" Reel? And I, I mean that triggers me a lot. It's like diminishing what you're actually doing.
1: Yeah,
3: putting I never put this much emotion into anything that i've been working yeah. full time with that i do with mm. playful for example. yeah of course so like i don't know but you i know? think
2: every everyone the problem with porn is there's this idea that what you're doing is just selling a fantasy and the fantasy is that you know the sex just happens organically you know it's very easy it feels very connected and you don't want to look behind the scenes to see all of the like work and the preparation and the communication that goes on behind that so i think it's almost almost, yeah we're kind of invested in the idea of making it look easy um but yeah it's similarly i'm the same way like you know i really i really put my heart and soul into into this and 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 i think that that's what still makes it feel interesting like 10 years later is because you you get to feel like you're doing something that i really give a shit about basically yeah
3: was there a moment where you felt like fuck i made it
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean no but i was just saying that like yeah i think especially in certain spaces that maybe when i first started out i would feel a little bit kind of like a bit of an imposter In it's actually really nice now to be like oh i remember being here when you know maybe like at the beginning and looking at people who were where i am now and going wow i hope i can be like them someday and then i'm like oh maybe i am that person (laughs) um and that's really nice because you just get to a point where you're like, okay, yeah, I think I got this.
3: One thing I think is interesting now is that you know that uh, the AI thing that's going mm. on, people are like, people were a couple of months ago sharing the portraits of like, yeah, illustrated. I thought they looked terrible. <laughs> I was like, why are people so obsessed with this? But mm. whatever. Uh, it was also something that artists started to speak about, like, oh, this is a threat mm. towards our art and our job. And income and everything. And this is something that also, like, the AI is also coming into the porn biz. Yeah. Which is um, interesting. And there's this deep fake yes. porn that is, like, basically you can create, you can um, put famous people's faces Mm -hmm. on actors. So it looks like you're having sex with, for example, or it looks like, not you are having sex. Yeah. You are watching. It could be. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you have AI, uh, no, you have VR VR glasses, Mm -hmm. maybe that's probably the next step also. Like, oh, tonight I'm going to have sex with Kim Kardashian. Yeah, exactly. You know, probably it's going to happen. But I mean, um, yeah, it looks like you're watching a porno created... Or like with actors who are like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie or mm-hmm. whoever. Yeah. Uh, what's your view on all of this?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's 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 very interesting. Um, I think it was maybe always going to go this way, but it's interesting to kind of see the beginning of that technology and thinking about like, wow, you know, the potential for this is is wild not just in porn but just in general you know it almost there's this idea up until that point that anything you've put on video that looks real is real but now it's almost questioning how much how much we can believe what we see on film in the same way that now with photos we think oh that could be photoshopped where we're going to get to the point with video where it's like well who knows if this is what actually happened or not the porn thing is complicated I think it's Obviously, you know the deep fake stuff is is very, very difficult. I think like you know obviously having your image used in a way that you didn't consent to is invasive, having your image used for sex like we can't pretend that sex you know the the your sex is just like any other uh, you know any other media that you might create with your image, so it's obviously like very distressing for the people who whose faces are being used but I think often the porn performers who are in that video also don't really get thought of as that being kind of something that would be horrible for them because essentially their faces are being erased while someone else's face is kind of being put on on top of it and I think that you know the idea that you know you're Uh, body is just a vessel for somebody else's uh fantasy is something that you have to kind of grapple with a lot and I think it's dehumanizing for both people um I think that the AI porn thing is interesting because I think there's this idea that you know people were sharing these images and they were saying oh you essentially it's over for only fans girls because you know we can make a hot girl in a bikini computer generated <laughs> so stupid. and you go what that does is that entirely misses the point of why people want to watch porn and why people buy porn which is that I think that people want to connect with the performer as more than just an image um Like you can put hot girl in a bikini into Google and come up with, you know, maybe thousands of results anyway. But what you you want to see a very specific hot girl in a bikini and you want to see that person because you're like, I've seen what they've done. I've always thought they were hot. I've followed them for a while.
3: Maybe I know their personality. Yeah. I feel, you know, that the personality is a Mm -hmm. big thing.
2: It really is, and like OnlyFans has only exacerbated that. Where there's so much in that that it feels it feels really important that it feels like a connection with a person rather than just an image. So I think that for now, anyway, um, AI d- is not going to change that. But I think it would be stupid to say that you know it never could do that. You know because you we already see that the AI can like generate conversation. So who knows maybe in 20 years time we'll all be like jerking off to to like chat bots
3: we have now come to the part of the podcast where if you're a patreon you'll get to listen to the extra material where vex ashley shares her thoughts on what she needed to fight through to be able to do what she does today we also look into the future of how porn will be seen in 50 years from now and get a bit philosophical. This and much more you can hear on our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash playfulmagazine. I think we're on on this topic a bit, but in a different way. But you know, like uh, when you create something, there's always room leave some stuff for the imagination mm. and how important is that when in your creations yeah I think or like how do you work with it
2: for me like I think that sometimes when people watch porn they can be quite limited to only searching for the thing that they think they want to see so you know when you go to a porn tube site, you maybe put in the three keywords that you normally type in to find the kind of content that you think you want, which is all well and good. But I think that sometimes what that misses is the idea that you're maybe going to watch something that you are going to have to go in curious about, that you maybe don't know exactly what you're going to see, what to expect. And that means that maybe you get to see um, a kind of sex that you wouldn't normally search for or a kind of person um that maybe doesn't necess- didn't necessarily fit the imagined ideal of what you might find attractive um i think that for for chambers we don't use like keywords or labels or markers like that for our films um or our performers and i think that hopefully that leaves space for performers and the films to just exist on their own terms which means that when you're viewing them you can kind of be a little more curious and be a little bit more open-minded and kind of yeah exist I- in a space where you're like I don't know what I'm gonna see but I'm excited to find out um which I think is maybe missing
3: how much do you do you like in the films let the actors do their like you know like do their own things and like influence the film
2: Um, we try really hard or like as if I'm, if I'm performing, um, or I will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a conversation with the, with the, the performers about like, what are they down to do today? You know, how are they feeling? Um, what's interesting for them? We'll kind of give them the general idea of the film. So we're like, okay, let's say we're making a film about this. Like, it's going to look like this. This is the kind of concept for it. And we try and give the performers, um, as much freedom to basically interact within that concept sexually in a way that feels good for them at the time so we don't really direct the sex we don't say okay and now can you fuck like this and then turn over and then we'll do a bit like this we kind of generally like give them the concept but give them the freedom to interpret it how f- feels good for them at the time because I think for me if you're too prescriptive with uh, the sex that you are filming it take some of the the spontaneity out of it or the magic a little bit if people if people want a bit more direction i'm happy to try and uh, and and give them that but for the most part i think it's always worked better for us to work in collaboration with the performers rather than
3: t- all right this is a little uh, future mm-hmm. like let's look at the future what do you we just spoke about the ai porn mm-hmm. but what do you think will be the next big thing in porn
2: What's interesting is, like, it's even changed in the time that I've been doing it, which is that people always used to say, oh, porn is, you know, just that kind of POV, gonzo, uh, really intense, kind of um, rough sex porn. Um, But I almost think that's been out of fashion now for, like, maybe a couple of years. And the stuff that I feel like we're seeing way more of is actually stuff that's kind of, it's really narrative driven. It's all about, like acting and stories and the context of why people are fucking um and,
3: and stories of why pe- people are fucking that got me yeah no it's interesting That's a big one yeah because for me
2: it's you're like i don't i need i need enough about like why the sex is happening mm. to make me interested in the sex because it's like well you know fucking is fucking at the end of the day um and i think that for some reason for whatever reason at the moment the fashion is a little bit more like yeah to do with with stories I'm seeing a lot of porn with maybe a bigger budget a higher production value um and yeah a lot more um feels a lot more like people are trying to maybe make like more like films um which is which is something that I think is really fascinating and I think maybe that will also continue to um to kind of go in that way. But then on the other side, I really think that um, actually what people are really craving is with all of this like AI stuff with filters on everything, with, um, you know, everything online feels so constructed and so uh, realized mm. that actually I think what people are really craving in sex and in porn is just a sense of like uncuratedness, just authenticity, just they want to see... I mean, for me, this is also what I like. So (laughs) I I actually really like just something shot on somebody's phone camera. I want it to be badly lit and grainy. I want it to feel like it's just two people that have just grabbed a phone and that are just filming whatever's happening now. And I think that uh, as a pushback to how kind of filtered and polished everything is, some like sex that feels really raw and feels really unfiltered, I think is going to become more common or more looked for yeah
3: we want to be surprised yeah a little bit like if you see something that is similar for too long it just i am like it maybe doesn't do it for you anymore
2: yeah i mean i've watched way too much porn to enjoy porn (laughs) anymore (laughs) unfortunately
3: but (laughs) do you feel that you can't be surprised
2: I definitely think I could be surprised but I think that for the most part it's more that it's just become a bit of a humdrum regular part of my life that it it doesn't have that like it doesn't feel like a special treat anymore it feels like feels like uh, you know I wake up I scroll my twitter feed and I'm like oh so much porn porn
3: porn porn Mm -hmm. yeah twitter is uh porn heaven Mm -hmm. short clips (laughs) yeah Uh like reddit
2: yes exactly and that's I think that's that's maybe what we're talking about with the like authenticity of, of stuff where it's like people I think less and less want want huge long movies and people are consuming content in all areas of the world like including like sorry in all, all parts of the internet like TikTok and like media is becoming shorter and shorter and more like instant and impactful all the time and porn's definitely going that way as well.
3: Yes Our brains will explode.
2: Yes. (laughs) It's definitely not the kind of thing I'm definitely not going to try and, like, catch up with that. I think, like, what I do is better in the, like, yeah, I don't want to just make, like, little TikTok
3: (laughs) reels. But (laughs) this is so interesting. This is also what you were uh, seeing for the future, the how do we get to those situations, Mm. the background stories that you were like. And this is something, like, you know, the more or like this is a very basic analytic from me Mm. (laughs) (laughs) that maybe is too basic but whatever that like you can see the race of the uh, mindfulness yeah and uh, and you see the race of the at the same time the higher speed content yeah so I feel that what you're on to the story driven (laughs) things Mm -hmm. and the background and the you know leading up to the story leading up to yeah it's maybe the mindfulness era. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: you have to have it when 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 the world becomes so chaotic, you also have to really try and uh, hold on to something that feels like uh, yeah, a bit more grounding. Um, but um, but yeah, I I'm I think there was uh, a couple of years ago um, a filmmaker called a porn filmmaker from Australia called Galavanting who co- coined this term like slow porn, which is like you know something something that feels like it's a direct kind of in in direct conversation with all of that really intense kind of instantaneous instant gratification stuff and mm. and i think that like we definitely need a bit of both
3: yeah that's hot mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need both to feel that both of them are hot mm. yeah now that we are speaking about the 10 year anniversary and uh going back in time and such. What do you feel that you learned about yourselves, yourself over these years?
2: Um, I mean, so much. You know, it's like the whole of my 20s, basically. But um, yeah, I, I think that one of the things that um, porn has really given me is an appreciation for, um, for my body and what my body can do and the ways in which I can use my body as a tool. Um I think it's also given me a really expanded idea of not only my own sexuality, but also the uh, potential of sexuality and how diverse and how interesting and how um, it really is so much more than just this like very narrow uh, idea of what sex should be that we're kind of fed by society. It's really expanded how I think about it um and it's also just like really given me an insight into like it really doesn't matter like how you how well you fit society's ideal of you know what is someone who is hot or sexy like people look at so beautiful and hot fucking like I've I you know getting to getting to see people in that state getting to connect with people in that state it's like yeah it's like everybody everybody looks hot while they're having an orgasm and i think like the kind of porn people want to see and the kind of sex that people want to see is yeah so much more than maybe what we're just fed
3: yeah nailed it (laughs) thank you so so much of course no worries your brain in this way it's a blessing for us thank you this was it for playful podcast this week but please follow subscribe and listen to our next episode and if you want to have a say about future artists or even ask your own question to one of our guests Follow us on Instagram and make sure to add your question when we lift our coming guests. Thank you so much for joining and see you next week.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers.